The Consequences of Undermining Authority, Why Ruvain Lost His Leadership Role Yaakov gathers his sons together. He tells them of the future. He addresses the group and each son individually. It says in Bereshit Memtet Aleph, Vayikra Yaakov el banav vayomer he'asuv yagid alachem et asher be'acharit hayamim. So Yaakov calls his sons and he says, Gather and I will tell you what will occur to you at the end of days. He kavtsu v'shimu b'nei Yaakov. Gather and listen, sons of Yaakov. V'shimu al Yisrael avichem. And listen to Yisrael, your father. The names Yaakov and Yisrael both refer to our forefather. There are different theories as to why each is used in a particular verse or circumstance. One possibility is that the name Yaakov is used to describe his personal experiences when he is acting as an individual. The name Yisrael is used when he is acting for the Jewish people. Here, Yaakov gathers his sons together, the sons of Yaakov, but he asks them to listen to Yisrael, their father. In the subsequent blessings, Yaakov bridges the gap between his, the personal experiences of his sons and the future experiences of the Jewish people. Yaakov continues in the next verse and talks about Reuven. He says, Reuven bechori ata kochi v'reshit oni, yeter se'et v'yeter az. Pachaz kamayim al totar ki alita mishkebe avicha, az chilalta yitzui Allah. So, Reuven... You're my firstborn, my strength, and the beginning of my efforts or might. More uh, higher in rank or more additional authority and, and more strength. And then he continues, weak or uh, impetuous or restless like water. Um, Al Tatar, there won't be uh, more. You won't have superiority. Because you um, ascended. Uh, the bed of your father. Az chilalta yitzui Allah. You profaned when you ascended my bed. So Yaakov begins by addressing his comments to Reuven, his firstborn. He notes that he was first and foremost by default, but that he lost his rank. He compares him to water and apparently references a previous episode. The Radak provides us with some further information. So he says, Reuven bechariata, Vishina, Vishalesh, Vamar Kohi Vreshet Oni. So he uh, has these multiple descriptions. Kiaya Ra'oi Lishalosh Ma'alo. Because he was fitting, Ruvain was fitting for three, uh, three ascensions, three particular levels. Kemosha Targame Unkulus, like Unkulus explains. Bachruta, Kahanta, Umachuta. He was, he would have by default received the firstborn, his, uh, um, the, birthright, he would have received the priesthood, and he would have received the kingship. But, pachaz kamayim, he was uh, uh, weak like water. Kalot umhirut, so it's like easy and uh, and quick. Hayalacha kamohamayim hanigarim. That's the way you operated, like water that uh, is just drawn in a particular direction. Kain mihartala so tabatacha vegavar yitzrecha alecha. So too, you were quick to follow your inclination and your uh, predispositions uh, overpowered you. You didn't stand up to them. And you didn't reflect and investigate yourself. This is a big mistake. And because of this, you won't have any superiority. You won't be above your brothers. You won't have any advantage over your brothers. 
So Vidak explains that Ruvain was entitled to the birthright, priesthood, and kingship, but he forfeited these positions of power. Comparing him to water that flows based on its surroundings and doesn't chart its own path, Ruvain is criticized for following his own default inclination, being led by his own predispositions. He failed to be reflective and consider his course of action carefully. But what exactly is the connection to ascending his bed? So this references an episode in Vayishlach immediately following the passing of Rachel. So this is Breshit Lamed Hechafet. Uh, 3522, and it reads, So it was when Yisrael dwelled in that land, Reuben went and he slept with Bilha, the concubine of his father. And, and uh, Yisrael heard, and, it, and the brothers were 12. So they, they, it requires some explanation why it says the brothers were 12, according to uh, one opinion, I believe the Sforno, that it's because the last time the brothers were 12, and then as a result of his actions, he forfeited his leadership role and ended up Yosef taking over, and then it became, you know, 13. That's one possibility of that uh, that end. But uh, Rashi explains, uh, and... and uh, Elaborates because he sort of mixed up his beds. It's, uh, the pasuk makes as if he slept with uh, slept with Bilhah, but it didn't actually happen. And why um, why did he mix up the the beds and profane his uh, his couch? So when Rachel died, Yaakov took his bed, which was always in the tent of Rachel and not in the other tents, and he put it in the tent of Bilhah. So Reuven came and he was uh, insulted by this, and he 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 uh, wanted to defend this insult to his mother. Amar, he said, If my my mother's sister was uh, her adversary. Is uh, must my my mother's sister's servant also be her adversary? So, based on the Gemara and Shabbat, Rashi insists that Ruben did not actually sleep with Bilhah. However, he moved his father's bed. This was apparently an act that challenged his father's authority. The consequences were so profound that the the uh, scripture, you know, Torah can, considers it as if he slept with her. This episode is referenced, interestingly, not only by Yaakov in his final blessings, but also by the Midrash Rabbah and, uh, and Rashi on, uh, on 3729. And it reads, So now this is the episode where Yosef has been sold and Ruvain returns and to find that Yosef is gone. And it says, So he, he, uh, he returns, And during his sale, he wasn't there. So he's picking on the fact, well, where was he that says he returned? So one possibility is, It could have been the day that he, uh, they took a rotation to go help, help and serve their father. But another possibility, So he... Uh, was involved in sackcloth and fasting regarding this episode where he mixed up the uh, the bed of his father. So, you know, it's interesting. So w- what, again, is the connection between these these two episodes? So Rav Soloveitchik uh, gives a, a beautiful explanation. And he explains, he said, 
why did Reuben choose this specific occasion, right, of the sale of Yosef, to repent for that earlier act? Because only now did Reuben finally realize the staggering implications of his sin. After the brothers witnessed Reuben acting in a disrespectful manner toward their father in the Bilhah incident, their own respect for Jacob declined. While from the perspective of the deed itself, Reuben's infraction was minor, the consequence of the deed was devastating. Reuben undermined Yaakov's authority in his own household, and the ensuing loss of respect for Jacob by Reuben's brothers ultimately resulted in their proposal to kill Yosef. Reuben finally understood the full implications of his earlier interactions, or his earlier actions, and therefore, immediately after hearing their threat to kill Yosef, he was taken up with his fasting and sackcloth. So this is from uh, an address the Rav gave in, in, uh, in Boston. And it's also recorded in Mipanine uh, Harav as well from Rav Shachter. So in summary, after the passing of Rachel, Reuven viewed Yaakov's personal decision of where to sleep as an insult and threat. He acted independently against Yaakov's wishes. This erosion of Yaakov's authority led to the sale of Yosef and the subsequent strife among the brothers. Yaakov's opening message to the brothers as a unit regarding the future of the Jewish people focuses on this erosion of authority. There is a balance between freedom and authority. Free will, freedom of action, and liberty are, are important cornerstones of society. But a degree of authority is essential to operate in a coordinated fashion. We are indeed called a stiff-necked people, Amkshe uh, Oref, and we don't always listen well to instructions, as the Ibn Ezra explains it in that location. But we can't operate collectively without a degree of centralization. That being said, those in power must act with care, self-reflection, and precision. Reuven relinquished, relinquished his authority because of his rash decision-making, his failure to be measured and self-reflective, and his role in eroding a central authority. Yaakov's blessings not only highlight our people's positive characteristics, but the errors and tendencies of our predecessors, which require our consideration and correction. A true leader values the unique contribution of each member of the community, while simultaneously promoting the health of the collective enterprise.